0: Amen. There's a lot of people selling another super something Sunday, right? <laughs> super Bowl this Sunday and uh we're selling it, celebrating super love Sunday here at the house, praise God. And it's kind of the love time of the year, isn't it? It's uh, Valentine's Day is what just 2 days away and a lot of expressions of love will be uh shared then between uh a lot of different parties. Amen. And uh again, just uh I'm thankful that, as a Christian, uh, I understand love greater than I ever did before I knew Christ. Amen? It's, uh, the world has a definition of love, and yet we as Christians should understand that if you're talking about God, you're talking about love. Amen? In my mind, you know, God equals love. And all down through the ages, he has tried to demonstrate that to mankind. You know, the Old Testament, not not as much as in the New Testament, because Jesus became the expression of God, amen, fully loving, fully uh, uh, filled with God's love, and uh, not saying that it wasn't in the Old Testament, it was just in a different fashion. There was law, and there was judgment, and there were some rough times, but I'm glad today we live in grace, aren't you? Amen. But we do not abuse that grace. Amen. We, we're thankful for His grace. But again, today there's going to be five of our preachers here in this church. This is a church we believe in discipleship and it's just an honor to me to see the young men and women that God is raising up that uh, will go out from here. Or I'd like to keep them here really, but I know the the Lord has plans for their lives but he is discipling them raising them up and they're gonna be sharing I asked them to uh, well first of all start with God then we'll start with family then we'll start with church family the world and then is it important to love yourself and the reason I chose that order is anybody ever heard the little acronym J O Y? Jesus first other second yourself last but again they're all very important and even yourself it's very I mean you know it's important to love yourself and again that'll kind of be the order today but I'm just going to kind of do about a two-minute intro here today uh, you know Jesus I believe really wanted his disciples to understand love and he demonstrated it in so many ways as I've been watching uh, the chosen here lately it's I, I love the way they portray him in that particular series, uh, just just the way that he handles different people. The prostitute, the leper, the tax collector, the soldiers, the, the high priest, all the different, different ones. It's just amazing the love that just exudes and, and flows forth from his heart. Even though he may not be agreeing with their lifestyle or agreeing with what they're representing or what they're doing, he still walks in love, doesn't he? And you know that's a message for us today I believe as Christians is we are and in fact I have a little round button that I have on my mirror it says I represent Jesus today and I look at that every morning and think I've got to go out try to do my best to represent him do I fail sometimes yeah the flesh sometimes will you know I'll get in traffic <laughs> Pray for a pastor, amen. I'll get in traffic and my, my love is tested sometimes for the idiot, I mean, for the people that, that are driving on the road with me, you know so uh, anyway, uh, but I love that, that, that Christ did his best to show and the best way I know to describe it is agape love. Is agape love different from the world's love? So much different. I just love you, period. Regardless, I don't care about your background. I don't care what you've done. I just love you. It's unconditional, is it not? And we're going to find that out today as they go through here. I don't want to steal a lot of their thunder. You're the first one up, aren't you? I figured I'd just stay up here. (laughs) There you go. I I thought so. Anyway, one scripture. Can you all uh, throw up uh, 1 John 4, uh, verse 7 through 12? I love this scripture, and then we'll turn Colin loose here. Beloved, let us love one another, for love springs from God, and he who loves... His fellow man is begotten, born of God, and is coming progressively. Say, I know that's right. Progressively, amen. To know and understand God, to perceive and recognize and get a better and clearer knowledge of Him. How many of you are growing in your faith and getting a better picture of God? And I look back over my life, 50 years now being a, a Christian, and my, it's been a pro- progressive uh, process, right? Learning. So many things in the kingdom of God. He who does not love, though, has not become acquainted with God. He does not and never did know Him, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest. It was displayed. I like that. God displayed His love where we are concerned in that God sent His Son, the only begotten or unique Son, into the world so that we might live through him let me show the world love i'll send my son i'll show this world how much i love him i'll give my only son for their lives and for their sins wow what an expression of love amen and this is love not that we loved god but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation a big word for atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God loved us so very much, we also ought to love one another. In the last verse, no man has at any time yet seen God, but if we love one another, God abides, he lives and remains in us, and his love, that love which is essentially his, is brought to completion to its full maturity, runs its full course, and is perfected in us did you catch that his love that love which is essentially his you think about god i hope you think about love see there are people out there that think oh you know and i and i've ministered in nursing homes prisons jails on and on in my lifetime and there's a lot of them that think every time they do something bad that god's got a big stick and he's just going to beat them down a little more no he's loving you And he's wanting to believe the very best in you. And he's wanting to give you a hand up to come out of that lifestyle, amen, because of his love. And I'm about through. One more statement. I put this on Facebook this this week. God loves from an outpouring of who he is. God loves from an outpouring of who he is. It just flows out of him, doesn't it? Amen. So today as we go through here, You're going to talk about the first one, our love for God. Come on up here. Make Colin welcome. He's our youth pastor here at the house. And uh, bless you.
1: For those who don't know, I have a tendency to ramble, which is why I have a tablet with everything written down. Um, But there's a lot to say about loving God. I mean, there's been... hundreds of thousands of books, millions of songs, probably billions of sermons about loving God. And so i got to do it in five minutes. So (laughs) there's much to say for a love of God. It's difficult even to put into words, truly, even more so on a time limit. If I were to distill it down to its simplest terms, love is the act and ever present choice, the active and ever present choice to think and to do for others before you do for yourself, to lay down one's life for a friend. But above all else, we are called to think and to do for God before ourselves and everyone else. To love God, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To place Him above our own thoughts, our own actions, our own feelings, even our own preferences and our own ambitions. Giving up ourselves to His will and His work for us, regardless of what it costs us. The love of our Father in heaven should reign supreme above all else because he is first master and then savior. A master's authority is not confined merely to the hands of the servant, but to their whole body. But because he loves us in return, he does not force us to relinquish more than we are willing to give. But it grieves him beyond comprehension, like a spouse who begs their partner for a marriage to be all in but only receiving a companion for a part-time basis when it's suitable or convenient. Far too many people live their life, the relationship with Christ this way. N- nobody in this room, of course. We're all, we all got it right, right? All the time? All the time? Everybody? I'm preaching to myself, too, here, by the way. Jesus even expressed the importance of our relationship with him in this way. In Luke chapter 14 verse 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother in the sense of indifference or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude towards God and likewise his wife and children and mothers and brothers or sorry, brothers and sisters yet even his own life he cannot be my disciple. I was praying about this in the prayer room and I've thought of an example of trying to make that comparative has anybody ever been in a dark room and you turn on even just a small light it gives a lot of light but then whenever you flip the light on on the wall it's so much brighter the world lives in darkness our love for each other is the little flashlight and our love for God is the light switch on the wall It should far outweigh any love for any person that you have because that love is incomplete. It is incomplete unless we love God first. Likewise, in the Sermon on the Mount, Christ said, as recorded in Matthew 6, Do not worry or be anxious, perpetually uneasy or distracted in saying that what are we going to eat and what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? I heard it I heard it said one time that what are you going to eat that's worrying about sustenance? What are you going to drink that's worrying about, well, sustenance, but also, you know, provision and, and your life? Because water is necessary for life. And what are you going to wear that's worrying about your status with the world? Worrying about, you know, what you're going, what the world thinks of you. He said... Don't worry about these things. For instead, first and most importantly, seek, aim at, or strive after His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right, seeking the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Much like there's a provider in a marriage. There's provision in marriage. He is our provider in our relationship with Him, in our marriage with Him. He gives us what we need. We just have to love Him. When we place our love for God above all else, all the rest just simply falls into place. Because we will be given His heart and his desire, and his attitude, and his character, and his righteousness. Just like the song says, when we turn our eyes on Jesus, the things of this earth grow strangely dim. And it is strange. It is very strange. The things you used to run to, for me, before God got a hold of me, Whenever I was upset or angry or I needed to get out frustrations, I would go and listen to to hard rock music. And I never noticed the transition, but eventually it got to a point where I don't even listen to that anymore. Whenever I'm upset or angry or frustrated, I go to prayer. I go to worship. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just... He can do more for me than that rock music could ever do. It doesn't matter if I know where my next chick is coming from. My eyes are on him. It doesn't matter if my Netflix account is active or not. My eyes are on him. It doesn't matter what this world has to offer the cars, the money, the houses, the the status, it doesn't matter. It all grows strangely dim. And it doesn't matter how much the devil tries to scare me with the waves. I simply look at his defeated face and say, you fooled me once and it won't happen again. I'm walking on these waves into the hands of my Savior and there is no wave that will bring me down. Just as there was no grave that could bring him down. So I encourage all of you to put your love for God in its rightful place as first in your life and in your heart to place his desires above your own, to get as close to God as you possibly can. When you do, you can find the truth in the words of that song, and the things of earth will truly grow strangely dim, and growing ever more irrevocably, unmistakably, and deniably his.
0: Thank you. Amen. Juan is up next, and he's going to be sharing about our love for family.
2: Amen. And I just thank God for Jesus. I thank God for just allowing us to come to church just one more time. And then just talking about family. When I think about family, I think about us being a family of God. And I think about how Jesus hung on that cross. And he looked in that cup, and he saw his family. He looked in that cup, and he saw his children. He saw brothers. He saw sisters. He saw pastors. And he sat on that cross, and he hung on that cross. And he gave his life that we could have life. When you think about family, you think about unity. When I think about love, I think about the L is for long-suffering. The O is for overcoming. The V is for victory. And the E is for everlasting. See, we, when you have a family and you love your family, we can't have that faucet-type love. You know, you, you love them when you want to. And you turn, but when you love, when you have that genuine love, whether it's blood family or whether it's spiritual family, when you love somebody, you just can't help that you love them. And you'll do everything that you can to make sure that you can help them. And that's that kind of love that God wants us to have. He wants us to have that love, that agape love that Pastor talked about earlier. That's the love that we should show. Because you got to think, as growing up in our family, we are talking about love. As you get older and you begin to see the ones that you look up to as they get older, you know, and then they start to pass. And then the only thing that you, you, you go back and you look back at those memories for those loved ones, for those family members that you have. And I think about my great-grandmother that passed. when I think about my Aunt Patricia that passed due to cancer recently. But then I think about the memories that she made, the love of God, being, being patient with people, all those type of characteristics that, that she showed. Those are the things that I want the world to see in me. And when I think about family, I want them to be able to see that same love that I have for my family. I want them to see that same love in my wife. I want them to see that same love in my children. Because the more the most important thing when you talk about love and you talk about your family is you make sure that your family have Jesus Christ in their life. Because I don't... As a family, I don't want to go to the kingdom and my wife not make it. As a family, I don't want to go to the kingdom and my children don't make it. If I leave from here and my children are still here and they have kids, I don't want to go to the kingdom and my grandchildren don't make it. When we talk about love and we talk about family, the most important thing is loving God and making sure that we know who Jesus is. Just like Brother Colin talked about, all these other things, God will give it to us. But love, having God, having love, having unity, that is the most important thing. Because when Christ came, he came to fulfill the commandments. And when he fulfilled the commandments, he said, I I, I fulfill these ten, and I replace them with one. Is that you love ye one another. Above all, is charity. You have charity. He said, because if you don't have charity, you don't have my spirit. So as a family, that's what we should have. We should walk out and we should be showing love. We should should walk out and we should be showing unity. And that's one of the main things that I felt as a family when we came to this church, what, seven, eight years ago now? Maybe. I don't remember the exact amount of years, but it's been a while. But when I came into this church, I didn't know none of the songs Sister Sheila would sound like. I'm glad we got them up here because I I don't know any of these songs because more Southern Gospel. And then when I look around, I was always in the African-American church. So I seen people that necessarily look like me, not that it has anything to do with praising God. But that's just what I was used to from the time I was eight until the time I, was, I came to church here. So it's like in, in the mind, the mind is wanting to battle with these things, but I'm like, that don't matter. And then Pastor David got up here, and he started preaching. I said, okay, I can, I can slowly start to remember these songs that my sister is singing. I said, but the most important, and it's good to give God the praises, and it's good to lift his name up, but the most important thing is to make sure that that word that he's preaching, because I can't show love, I can't have love, and I can't pour out love, and I can't pour out all these other things that my family need if I come here to get nourishment, and the preacher ain't preaching nourishment so that I can nourish, give that nourishment to my family, that I can take that nourishment out to the world. And that's what we felt when we came here. We felt love as a church family. We felt love coming through the songs. We felt love coming through the prayers. We felt love coming through the musicians. We felt love coming through the pastor. And when you come to a church family, that's what you want to feel. You want to feel love. And not only that, but when you're going through life and hell breaks loose, you can come to your family and say, hey, I got a testimony. Or family, I'm going through something. Sometime as a, as a family, you need a family member to lean on. Sometimes it get tough. Sometimes it get rough. And just for them five minutes or them ten minutes, that family member just holding you and letting you know everything is going to be all right. I ain't saying that he's going to fix it tonight. I ain't saying that you ain't going to cry. But what I'm, gonna, what I'm telling you is that joy going to come. I don't know when it's going to come, but as your brother, as your sister, we are in this together. I'm, I'm locked tight with you. We're on this same ship. We're on that same ship of Zion that has landed many a thousand. And I'm with you, brother, and we're going to make it. That's that love of family that God wants us to have. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That'll rev you up, won't it? Amen hallelujah next is church family brother terry i love this man he's uh he has a heart for the church god has given him a lot of great words and even books about the church so god bless you as you talk about our church
3: family amen and thank you for introducing all these young pastors i appreciate that wow i haven't been called young in a long time hallelujah church family I love you guys. Love you guys. Hallelujah. It's so vitally important. It's, it's our love for one another, we'll, you know, that's going to get us through this transitional period we're going through, you know. We're, we're moving out of this building. We're going to another building. This is a time where churches fall apart. But there's such a love here. It's the glue that binds us together and gets us through the rough times. Hallelujah. I can't tell you how many times I've been going through a rough time and and had a brother or sister in this family comfort me or vice versa, come to me or Pam for for guidance and for comfort. And that's what love is all about. That's what church family is all about. We don't want to just go. You know, that's one of my big gripes with mega churches. You just herd in like cattle and you're herding out. as another group's herding in. There's no altar calls. There's no personal touch. Many times you're... Just watching a television screen, there's no, you know, there's no ministry there. There's no life in it. It's just motion. This is about love. This is about togetherness. This is about looking at each other and embracing each other, feeling each other's pain. Amen? Uh, I gave Bev a couple of scriptures, and uh, let's just go to our first one. Loving church family. This is how we know that we've passed from death to life. Why? Because we love the brethren. Amen. He who does not love his brother abides in death. So you know what that means? If you don't love this old long-winded, hard-to-love pastor here, <laughs> you're abiding in death. You know, it's another thing about ch- church families. Not, you know, Personalities clash sometimes. Not everybody gets along with everyone else and But that's not what it's about. It's about overcoming all that. Pastor said, agape love. It's unconditional love. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, this scripture, I, I often think about before I got born again and filled with the Spirit. I didn't know how to love. I went through three marriages, playing rock, traveling the United States in bands and clubs. And I thought I knew kind of what love was, but I went, you know, I lost, you know, this is my fourth marriage, 30 years now, 30 well, 32 years. <laughs> Hallelujah. But see, I didn't know that. I didn't understand that until the love of God. The Holy. When I got born again, the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, shed abroad his love in my heart. And that taught me how to be a good husband. That taught me how to be a good son to my parents. That taught me how to be a good partner with my church family. Before that, I didn't know how, and I couldn't. You can't know how to love. You, there, look, there's eros love. In the Bible, that talks about at least three Greek words. Eros is erotic love. Well, that's fine and dandy. It's needed in a marriage, but that's not going to get you through the whole thing. And then there's philo, that, that, that brotherly love. We need. My wife is my best friend, you know, and, and, but that's still not going to do the trick. You've got to have the agape love. That's gonna carry you through the hard times, amen? amen. And and so, church, whether you know this or not, is the probably the number one place where people get hurt. It's the number one place where people get offended or angry or get into division and strife with others. And especially if you ever sit on a church board. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, not really. Okay. (laughs) With that, let's go to our next scripture. I don't want to sit here and take up too much time. Hallelujah. But listen, sometimes God leads hard to love people in our path. I learned a long time ago, you know, Lord, when I'm praying, teach me how to love like you love. You know what he's going to do. He's going to bring the hard to love across your path. Jesus said anybody can love their best friend. Anybody can love their good friends, their family. But to love the IRS guy, to love the hard to love guy, that's love. That's how you learn to love. Putting self on the cross. Putting your own emotions and your own ego aside for the sake of someone else's feelings. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? So therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. You know, we can get that spirit on us if we're not careful in church. Just feel like we're beat down. I give up, Lord. I tried this and it's just not working. No, but make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather healed, let's just stay there for a second. If we don't address these problems, this is what happens. Your joints get dislocated. Tension starts to build up in in the body of Christ. And whether you know it or not, it affects the whole body. The spirit affects the whole body. So therefore, we need to pursue peace with all people, not just our church family, but everyone. Now, this is a tough one because our world's going to hell, and and uh, our our nation, well, it was lost a long time ago. <laughs> Whether you know that or not, this is not the America I grew up in. It was it's lost a long time ago, but it doesn't mean God's finished with us. We're the light. We're the love. We're the salt of the earth let's get busy amen the devil's no match for you he's been stripped of all his power Jesus rose again he did it whooped him the only power he has is what we give him when we get out of love that's the first step pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the lord nobody looking carefully i love this okay this isn't easy this isn't something we just gloss over be careful be diligent the bible says over and over again man pay attention looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of god now here's the kicker lest any Root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by this, many become defiled. See, when we leave these things undone, and, and here's the thing I want to get to and close with. We think so many times we're okay. Well, I dealt with that. We, we, we put that away. But what, I love the words of Paul, the apostle. He said, beloved, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. That's not just a pride issue. That's looking carefully because the fact is things happen in our life from our childhood all the way to our church family that they just get buried. They get buried. They get buried. They go deeper. They go deeper. And we thought we've dealt with it. We think we're Okay. But the devil wants to gloss it over. See, the devil will he'll gloss it over with joy and all these other indulgences and fleshly things that keep you distracted from dealing with something, and then it becomes something that you're not even aware of. There's no way you can detect it because it's buried. But God. He knows. God sees the inside man, the inside heart. He knows. You can fool yourself, you can fool your neighbors. But you can't fool God. Now, here's the kicker. Do I want to cooperate with God? Because you have the power to shut God out. And I've been preaching long enough to see one person sitting there getting the glory and anointing and life-changing message, and another person sitting here filing their fingernails. It's up to you. It's up to you to take this thing seriously and cooperate with God and when we're talking about hidden issues that are deep down inside that have been buried we need to deal with them and so that's what I want to close with as I was praying about this message uh, I really feel like the Holy Spirit led me to write down this heavenly decree and I want you to join me in it I'm going to lead you and I want you to repeat after me you know the Bible says decree a thing and it shall be established that's what it says And so when you're decreeing with your mouth, you're releasing faith. And you're putting God in charge, in this case, of things that are down here that we can't see. Amen? So if you feel led to, I'm not going to force you to do this, but if you feel led to, just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I call heaven and earth to witness this day that I solemnly decree In your presence, this day I'm free. Free from hatred, bitterness, jealousy, being rejected, offended. Today I choose to forgive those who have belittled me. To forgive those who have offended me and rejected me and hurt me those who have ignored me slandered me behind my back they cheated me those who failed to see my value whether knowingly or unknowingly I forgive them I release all pain bitterness envy Strife, rejection, offense, jealousy. I repent. I repent of any and all bad attitudes towards people. And Father, I ask you to bless those who hurt me. Today I choose to forgive. Today I choose to love. And I ask you, Father, to forgive me. Set me on the right path. Forgive me for judging others. Being suspicious. Divisive. Unforgiving. Unloving. Pluck up any root of bitterness that has gone unnoticed. For I thank you. I am free, I am healed, I am blessed in Jesus' name. Don't you feel better? You're free. You're free.
0: That is powerful. Amen? We decree it and it's what shall be. Amen? How many feel free? Amen. I hope he will type that up and get us a copy of that. Amen. We'll, uh, Pam will help him on that. I bet. Amen. Now, Brother John Boyle is coming. Gonna. He's kind of had been under the weather, but he's going to share love for the world. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome, John Boyle. Appreciate him. He's doing double duty today. Back there, shooting out our live stream across the, the the world. <laughs> God bless you, brother. Forgive me. I hope you can
4: understand me. I will try to get through this as quick as I can. Um, So love of the world and love for the world. If we've read our Bibles, we know that we are not to love the world. But we should still have love for the world, those in the world. So I'm going to use some of Pastor's notes because I asked him this morning if, he would, if I wasn't able, if he could do this for me. So he jotted me down some information. Um, so let's look first at 1 John two fifteen through 16. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all this is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but of the world. James 4.4 4 says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do, not, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. <clears throat> John 18.36 says, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world, if my kingdom were of this world my servants would fight so that i should not be delivered to the jews but now my kingdom is not from here just like abraham it is important for every christian to know god called us to be set apart pastor put from all other nations all other nations israel was to stand out amongst them all <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> This means every Christian who is called by God to his son should to receive salvation is to live their life in such a way others see and know they are not molded by the world, but molded by the word of God. Romans 12, 1 through 2 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I ask, if we are called apart from this world, our bodies to be a living sacrifice, our home not of this world, in a world that is becoming ever more hostile, reprobate, accepting of making what is wrong right, and what is right wrong, then how are we to have love of the world? We aren't. We are to be as Jesus, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, Go, there, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. John seventeen fourteen 16. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Listen to this. I do not pray you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. That's very important, what I just read. We are not to make ourselves as the world. We are to be set apart, to be an example, to be a light, as Colin talked about. So that the world has a place to turn to. If we are the same as the world, then where's the world going to turn to itself? We cannot conform. We cannot give in. We cannot be as of the world, but we must love those who are in the world. Terry says all the time, he said it this morning again. We are to be light and salt. I've said many times up here that we should never be Christians with our heads in the sand. The crazier this world gets, the more I see people of faith losing that faith, conforming to the pressures of the world, forgetting that biblical worldview that they should have ingrained in them, forgetting that sound doctrine that is the word of God, and becoming more and more tolerant of sin. We are not to love the world, for this world is passing away. But we are to try and love the lost out of this world. Yeah. Jude one twenty three. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Do we understand, and it's been said every all the other guys before me, that agape love of God. That saved you and me out of our death, not our sin, our death, because if we were to remain in our sin and never find salvation through Jesus Christ, that sentence for sin is death. John 3, 16-17, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through Him might be saved. We are not to go around preaching on our high horse to people and condemning them for their actions. We are to love them, love them, and point them towards Jesus Christ that he may save them out of their sin. No matter what, we, no matter what, we are not to run from this world. I don't know how many keep up with headlines going on around the world, but in England there was a lady who was standing across the street from an abortion clinic, not even praying out loud, and was arrested just for thinking of prayer. No matter how much more the world wants to put pressure upon the church, upon us, we are not to back down. We are not given a spirit of fear. We are to stand boldly in the face of whatever comes against us and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, how can anybody be saved? If we run and we hide, what good are we doing? If we run and we hide every time something becomes against us and people are asking questions and wanting to know about Jesus, and if we cower away, how are they going to know? How are they going to have a chance of salvation? No matter what we are, nor do they hide their light, a lamp, and put it under a basket but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. We have been given the light of the world, or or should I say, the light of the world has been given to us. That through him, Jesus, we, we might be saved. And to think that we, and I haven't been doing this nearly as long as pastor has and I know from getting to go to lunch with him and talk with him some of the stories he's told me and I've seen some of the similar things in different churches I've been a part of and going out the street ministry we have been given something so special you can't put a price on it there's words not to describe it but so many times I've seen my fellow brothers and sisters including myself take that beautiful gift that's been given to us and we try to box it up and we stuff it down inside and we get so wrapped up, caught up, busy in sports and TV and kids and marriage and jobs and everything else that we don't ever think to pull that out, unwrap it and share it with those around us. I've seen so many times in churches people are Full on fire during service, and you meet them anywhere else throughout the week in public, you will not hear anything about the gospel, the good news, or Jesus Christ come out of their mouths. What good is that doing if we can put on a big show in front of our brothers and sisters on Sunday and the rest of the week when the world's hurting, crying for answers? We're mute. No, Pastor, give me this because evangelism is big on on my spirit. We cannot hide this. Evangelism is not everybody's calling, it's not evangelism, but we all every day have the opportunity to evangelize, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to point people and lead people towards their salvation through Him. If we do nothing. if we do nothing then how many people are we going to sit back and watch just walk over the cliff if we do nothing how many more are not going to find their salvation because we gratefully have ours but are unwilling to share it with anybody else they need to know if you come out of your shell at all and look around the people at your workplace and other places they're hungry they're asking they're seeking they may not know the right questions to ask they might come at you offensively believe me they want to know and we should be willing to share we should be willing to take time out of whatever we're doing at work at the grocery store or whatever and be able to minister to them and point them towards Jesus lastly Romans 16 Romans 1 16 through 17 for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes For the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it is the righteousness of God. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith.
0: The world needs to know, don't they? Amen. And we can do that. We can be that light, that salt. Amen. Showing them Jesus. Every day, and then use words if necessary. Right? Just living our life. Come out from the world. Amen. They'll want what we have. Jonathan. Amen. Come on up. Our last uh, guest speaker today. And uh, haven't, haven't they all done a great job? I'm telling you, so proud of all of them. Proud of this guy, man. The Lord has has done a work in his life, and he's such a blessing to so many people, and he's going to be talking about loving for yourself, or loving yourself. There we go. Amen.
5: Man, as a church, to have the, first off, to follow those four guys, uh, and then to just any church, whether whatever size, to have four guys with hearts like that in a church is, uh, we are very blessed to have you guys. I'm going to do my best to do, I think... I think I can, uh, and, of course, I think uh, Pastor David finagled his way for me to specifically uh, speak about this one because he said the other ones were taken. I was like, oh, they got the easy ones. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, man, I struggle with this a lot, and, uh, and I'm really hoping. I, I knew this guy who uh, I'm not nervous. I don't get nervous in front of people, but I get nervous because I feel like I want to make sure I say the right thing that God wants me to say. And I even knew this guy who used to burp nervously <laughs> before he preached. It wasn't because he was nervous. He just was so, he just wanted to do right by God. And anyway, so I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read Luke uh, chapter 7. I don't know, uh, Bev, if you can find that or if y'all could all turn that. I'm going to get to that in just a second. Uh, but first, I kind of titled this mini-sermon or whatever you want to call it, The Fight Within, because loving yourself most of the time, why we can't, is we feel that we're not worthy of that, of loving ourselves, and I have struggled with this. The enemy enemy wants nothing more to make you, as a Christian, to feel you are not worthy of love, loving yourself, and I feel like, especially in this time, in this Days that we are living, that that's one of his main attacks to Christians, to preachers, to that you're not worthy of doing what you're doing. He brings up that past sin. He brings up all of that and says, "Look at you, look at you." And it's just, um, just what the, it's an absolute lie, Pastor. Yes. So, 1 Peter two eleven says, uh, "Stay away." Is Peter's talking about staying away from your sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. There is a war that's waging, and I fit in, I used to work for Teen Challenge, and I used to always give the students a hard time and because I would give them the definition of challenge. I was like, it was called that for a reason, and if you look up the definition, it means to take part in a duel or combat, and that's a lot of times when those guys come in, they've... You know, the world has written them off, thinks makes them think that they're completely unlovable. And they come into teen challenge and they and they and it's that war, it's that fight within because they think that they've been taught for so long that they that they can't love themselves. And so whenever they sit around a bunch of Christians and people that do, you know, and show them that love, it's that fight. They're like, okay, so I can't. I am lovable. God, there is a God that loves me, right? Uh, and I wanted to talk about on, uh, in Luke 7. I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm going to do it quickly. I'm a fast reader. And it's the, uh, the, the Roman uh, leader. In verse 1, it says, When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and, and near death. It was that centurion leader. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. For he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. Built a church for him. So Jesus went with them, but just before They arrived at the house. The officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I am not even worthy to come and meet you, to say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come if I say to my slaves do this they do it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, "I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel." And when the officers' friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. Amen. And that 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 phrase though, this guy, so he's his leader. Roman leader. He's probably a pretty bad dude, to be honest. Built a church for these people, just amazing, amazing man of God, right? He is saying that he's not worthy to even be in his in his presence, right? And also, John 1... Uh, uh, no, that's the wrong verse. But John, John the Baptist says, I mean, he was family to Jesus. He says, I'm not worthy to even, what, tie his sandals? Wear, like, I, I mean... These people, and and I just wanted to make that comparison that I don't think any of us is worthy of that, right? So why do we spend so much time worrying about that about ourselves? And we've, I think everybody talked about it, and we say it all the time, Christ dying on the cross for us, for our sins. That phrase, we it's... But that's literally the greatest act of love in all of human history. There is no greater. The, the mic is hot. Ha- someone can come tell me if there's any other. There, there isn't. That is the single greatest love. And if the God of this universe can do that for me and for you, who are we not to love ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. One thing we are worthy of is repentance. And it is because of what was done on the, on the cross. You know, a lot of people have died for other people. But I only know one person. I only know one God. That not only did He die, but on the third day He rose again. Amen. Amen. So I... So I just want to uh, just close and uh, and 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 say that for me personally, um, it's it was a hard road for me to be able to to love myself, and it wasn't just because of things that I've done and the enemy attacking me, and to know that um, you know that fight within and, and that it's um, it, it it was all finished at the cross. Amen.
0: Thank you. All right. Praise the Lord. Powerful. Amen. Let's stand together. My, just, uh, I am so proud of the ministers in our church. Aren't you? Praise God. I just, uh, yes, powerful, powerful, powerful words shared here today, and, uh, we know it starts with number one loving God. Amen. Starts right there with us getting our self in line with God's word. You know he, he made every one of us and why would we not want to know the creator. Amen. The one that gives us the very breath that we are breathing even now. So all of these other relationships and again each one of them just uh, covered their point very very well. If we could dim the Lights, please. We're going to uh, just give you a chance today, uh, just uh, reflect what you've heard from these ministers of the gospel today that I know are very genuine, sincere, living the life, and I have great respect for every one of them. They're my brothers in Christ, and uh, what's been shared today is for your benefit, for my benefit. As we look at these different categories. There may be an area perhaps in your life where there's some room for improvement. Maybe there's been something going on in your family that uh, uh, an indif- a difference of opinions uh, uh, turmoil, strife and uh, you just want to lay it on the, the altar today. I know we prayed the, the decree a while ago that covered so many things but if you're here today and say I, there's a a problem in one of my love relationships and I want to get it right today I want to leave it here at the altar today if that's you just slip your hand up and we want to pray yes pray for you yes I see that hand. anyone else today I just want to repent ask the Lord to forgive me I've harbored some bitterness I've harbored some, some things in my life that I want to release to Jesus today anyone else anyone else second part of this is how many of you know there's room for greater love in your life would you hold your hand up today I, I need to love more i need to love more maybe i'm doing okay with myself and god but maybe i'm not loving my family and spending that t-i-m-e with them the way that i should maybe i'm not being that uh, good father or good grandfather or parent or whatever it is i i i want to demonstrate the love of Jesus to my family. Or maybe it's the world, you know, evangelism. It's every one of us are proclaimers. Amen. Go ye into all the world and proclaim, preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus. If that's you today. Let's just, yeah, let's just, it, it, which, whichever category this is today. Lord, I want to be more diligent to love the world. Amen. And to lead them to you. Hallelujah. As Sheila sings this song, it's more love, more power, more of you in my life. Make that your commitment today as we sing it. Hallelujah.